Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Assistant Pastor Tim Rogers. The psalmist in uh, Psalms 119.15 says that he will meditate on the precepts of the Lord and contemplate his ways. So he's telling us that we should be thinking about the way the Lord would do things. Mm. The way the Lord sees things. The way the Lord interacts with people. So if he's doing it, then we should be doing it too. Right? Joshua said that the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. So why should we do that? That you may observe according to what all that is written. Right. So now it brings up this thing of we can't abide by something that we don't know. Mm. So to weigh to know the word of the Lord and his ways and his precepts are the first steps to that are reading, meditating and knowing what he says. All right. I know it's, it's, it's pretty basic right now. I'm just laying a little work here. We have to think about what God is thinking about. It's too easy to get caught in this natural realm. As Brother Vats was talking about this morning during worship, bills and children and jobs and school and schedules, cars, maintenance, houses. How are we going to get all this stuff done? Those are all things that are on this. Now, all of those things aren't bad necessarily, but we should be striving to think like God. We should be striving to think like Christ because Christ is sitting at the right hand of the father. And what he's thinking about may not be what we're thinking about. Amen. Thinking, thinking, thinking. All right. We have to do this because that is the way we get closer to God. This is the first step. That if we want a greater relationship with the Lord, we've got to think about what he thinks about. It's just like any other relationship. One of the things that you have to when you get married is, is that that compromise, right? Well, what are you actually doing? You're bringing your two ideas into one. Right. There tends to be problems if there's two ideas and both are trying to execute those ideas. It doesn't necessarily work all the time. But when there is unity in those thoughts and how we're going to proceed, then the blessings come. We have to have that unity with God. I want to read something to you. It's over in Isaiah 30, uh, verse 9 and 10. It says that this is a rebellious people, lying children. Children who will not hear the law of the Lord, who say to the seers, do not see, and to the prophets, do not prophesy to us the right things. Hmm. Speak to us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Ooh, well, that's strong right there. So God is talking about a set of people that has now been in a rebellious state, and he says they don't even want to hear what's right. He says, when my prophets come, 
you'd rather them prophesy to you stuff that's easy to hear. Ooh, that is smooth talking. So when I thought about that a little bit, it almost reminded me of the world. A lot of the things that we hear in the world are sensitive based. They want it to just kind of smooth over and just continue to flow. But the problem is, is that it's at every outlet that we deal with, even as a Christian. We've got TV. We've got the Internet. We've got movies. We've got jobs. We've got things in corporations. We've got guidelines. We've got news. All of these and many more are outlets of where the world is trying to influence how we think. But part of the problem is, is that some of us haven't noticed it. Because this is particularly true when we think about things like morality, sexuality, marriage, all you continue to hear is what, what makes society happy. And then you get to a point of, well, what are we doing? What is that doing to us as a people? All right? Thought about this a little bit. It says, the mind is delicate while also being powerful. It can be affected by every attribute in your life and can affect every aspect of your life. We sometimes don't understand how important our mind is. God talks about our mind continually out the word, throughout the word of God. That it's so powerful that it can affect everything we do. Everything. But it can also affect where we're going as well. So we have to be cognizant of what we're thinking about. How we're feeling. Now, here's the interesting thing. A lot of the times how we think actually affects how we feel. Yeah. We, we, you know, sometimes if you think about it just, you know, on the surface, it's like, well, you know, I might think one thing, but I don't necessarily do it. That may be true. But over time, if that thought keeps reoccurring, right, just like what I talked about, 95% of our thoughts are reoccurring. Over time, what is it doing? It's just bit, knocking it down a little bit. Yeah, I'm, yeah I, think I feel that way. I, yeah, I do feel that way. Yeah, maybe I do feel that way. Yeah, yes, I do feel that way. And over time, we start to agree with what we're thinking about. And that's where the misstep can happen. Because if we're not thinking about the things of God, then we may be agreeing with things that aren't God. It's delicate. Because it can be influenced at all times. Your mind can always be influenced. We have to learn to put the filter on. We have to have better filters. So I want you to look at this for a minute. So one of the things that I've been reading, I've been reading this book by Robbie Zacharias. It's called Jesus Among Secular Gods. 
And in this book, he, he dropped some really good stuff. But it always gets me to thinking because I'm like, dang, do I, do I do that? So one of the things that he had in his book is this. Uppsala College in Sweden, because he teaches all around the world. So the college motto is this. To think free is great, but to think right is greater. So this is the college motto. So he said he was really taken aback by this, by this motto. And when I started thinking about this, I'm like, ooh. To think free is great, but to think right is greater. So society wants us to think free. The problem is, is that they don't want to think right. This is the society that we're living in right now. It perpetuates the thought of, I can think free. I can think whatever I want to think. I can do it the whatever way I want to do it. And when someone comes up against that to say, no, that may not be right, then you have a problem. Because now you're telling them how to think. That, that's what they, you hear. Now, what's interesting about this is, is that this college... They took a poll of all of the students that went to that college, and only 50% of them actually believe that motto. Now, that's, that's interesting. Now, you know, I'm, I'm taking it from here in America, right? So I didn't pay my money. I'm going to college, going to class, studying, reading all these books, but the motto of the college I don't even agree with, and I'm willing to do that. Now, it was interesting why they said they didn't agree with it. Most of them couldn't give you a really good answer because they didn't really know, which is interesting too, right? But the other piece of it was is that they didn't want people to tell them how they should do something. Because when you get to what's right, now you're instructing me, and I don't want instructions. I don't want discipline. I don't want boundaries. Mm, how we think. So I've come to believe that society is really trying to transform how we think. Everybody. It doesn't matter that you don't want to receive it. It's too many outlets to see it. So if our mind isn't strong enough, we end up inadvertently taking on some of those principles in our own mind. And then what happens is we're skewing away from God's principles. How we think. Now, here's the interesting thing. I believe that God is trying to instruct us on how to think. What he's not trying to do is trying to influence what we think. That is two different things. Because when we have a lens, if we talk about like an eyeglass, right? It doesn't matter that I'm looking at that clock. The clock is what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. But if I'm looking at it with my natural eyes versus if I had my glasses on, that is now filtering how I see the same object. Right? right? That's how we think. So society is saying, we want to put this filter in front of you and say, this is how you should see it. Right. You should agree with us. Right. You should agree that anybody should get married. You should agree that you, it doesn't matter what your sexuality is. Uh -huh. 
We can have it. It doesn't matter the filter because what we're looking at doesn't change. It's still marriage. It's still sexuality. It's still laws. It's how we're looking at it. Through what perspective are we seeing this? How? How? God is saying, I want to teach you how to see things. From there, it is then your decision on what you do with it. Amen. Does that make sense? Biblical worldview refers to the framework of ideas and beliefs through which a Christian, individual, group, or culture interprets the world and interacts with it. So the problem that we're having is, is that people don't have a biblical worldview. Now, I got this from the Bonner Group, which is an evangelical Christian research organization. You can look it up. That's their definition of world, a biblical view. The problem is, is that society is pushing a worldview. See it like we see it. Biblical view. Now, the tragedy here is, is that the Bonner Group did a survey among Christians. Y'all hear me? Christians. Basically, they asked the tenets of the faith, all the basic stuff. Is Jesus God? Did Jesus raise from the dead? Is he the son of God? Just the basic stuff of Christianity. Two Christians to gauge whether or not they had a biblical worldview. Out of Christians, only 4% have a biblical worldview. That, that's, that's pretty sad. 4%. That means that we have individuals in the church that say they are a Christian, but they do not believe that everything in this word is true. That's what it's saying. And then we wonder why the church is lacking in some areas. Because we don't have a biblical worldview. We haven't allowed God to transform our minds and how we think. We think it's just okay that we're saved. God, we can have the blessings. God, we want to have a relationship. But I, I don't really want you to tell me how to think. I don't really want you to show me where I may be deficient. I don't really want any of that, God. And what is it causing? That actually part of the faith, we can't even really say we can stand on it. Because through our thoughts, we don't get to experience what God really can do. Because we've already blocked them off based on our thoughts. God, I don't think you can really do that. Biblical worldview. So God is striving for us to have that. that that's what he wants. We have to have a biblical worldview. The atmosphere you create determines the product you produce. So what I'm getting at here, saints, is, is that God wants us to think differently. 
And based on how we think, that's going to change our atmosphere. And when our atmosphere changes, God says, okay, now you're on board. Now I'm about to give you everything that you've been looking for. Because now you're thinking like I would think. Now I can download whatever that idea that I had. In because now you're aligning with me because now you're going to produce the product I want. We got to have the right atmosphere. The atmosphere comes about by how we think. What are we thinking about? Mm. So this morning, we're going to talk about pitfalls to not allowing God to renew your mind. Pitfalls, all right? Things that can be done where we're skewing off God really getting to the heart of our mind and what he wants to do. Because he wants us to have a kingdom mentality. And to have a kingdom mentality, then we have to think like him. There's no way around that. It's great that we're saved, but there's so much more to God that he wants to reveal to us. But it has to come through the fact of God that if I might be thinking wrong, Lord, show me how to fix it. And I probably help with a lot of the emotional problems that we have as well. I mean, if you think about depression, thoughts, low self-esteem, thoughts. If we can get our thoughts right, we can be delivered from all of that. Amen. Amen. They will no longer be problems. That's right. <laughs> because all we will be thinking about is the kingdom. Yeah. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, right? Amen. That's what the kingdom is. Yes. So we should have peace right off the bat. Righteousness right off the bat. Amen. Joy right off the bat. Yes. God says it's yours. That's the kingdom. I don't know about you, but I can use some more peace. Especially since you walk on your job, you never know what they're going to do around these days. Good grief. Pitfalls, pitfalls. So let's talk about a couple of these. I got three of them, and then we're we going to get out of here. All right, pitfalls to not allowing God to renew your mind. Actually, let me read the scripture first. Let me read the scripture first. So the first one is in Colossians 2 and 8. So beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. According to the, to the traditions of men, according to basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Mm. When people become captive to traditions of men. That is one way that we don't allow God to renew our mind. Because people focus on traditions. But not necessarily just any traditions, traditions of men. Okay? This is actually one of the things when Jesus was on the earth that he dealt with most. The religious folks were all about tradition. And because of that tradition, partly, they missed him. Getting caught up into what people are doing. So this is not anything new. What I'm hoping is, is that we just cast a little bit more light on it so that we can focus on it. 
Because that's how I believe God wants us to see it. He doesn't want us to feel bad. He just wants us to see it and say, okay, God, I got that now. We're, we're going to move forward from that. So in Mark, in Mark 79, it says, all too well you reject the commands of God that you may keep your traditions. The commands of men. How do we align to the things that man says? People don't necessarily focus on those things that are right. And one of the ways that traditions get started is through laws. Uh, See, we got to see it for what it is. When the law changes, then people abide by that law. Some of them, depending on what it is, right? So I'm not advocating that we be lawbreakers in here, right? You understand what I'm saying, right? But when we do that, then you have a whole slew of people that say, oh, okay. Again, I'm going to talk about marriage again. When those laws got passed, how many people just looked up and said, well, okay, well, that's all right then. That should be fine. We can, we can do that, right? Now, I'm not saying be harsh. I'm not saying being unloving. I'm not saying any of that as it relates to anyone that believes that. But what I am saying is, is that we ought to understand that that's not God's original design. And because of that, if someone asks you directly, you know what, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. But that doesn't mean that we can't be friends, right? That's all I'm saying. But when we let it just ride and we say, well, you know, we're in a group. Somebody says it and we don't say anything. Somebody asks us a direct question. We have an opportunity to start an engagement about Christ, and we don't say anything. That's what I'm talking about. But we have to do it in love. Be unjudgmental about it, because that's not what I'm advocating. All I'm advocating is, is that we have to understand how God sees it. Traditions of men start with our laws and then it's a trickle down effect because then once it's in law then it moves to tv then the tv then the kids see it then we see it and now we see it everywhere so much so that they've actually changed laws even around movies because they don't want to be in the light of we're being discriminatory to a certain group we we got to know this stuff is happening How we think. Don't be taken captive by the traditions of men. All right. The next one is actually in uh, Romans. So we're going to go back to Romans 12 and 2. Um, I saw something that I think that God wants to put, put a little bit of light on um, that I never thought about in this perspective. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay. So when I initially started looking at this, I was thinking that God was going to prove things to me as he renewed my mind. And and in some cases, that's true. Right? But when I thought about it again, if I read it, the way the scriptures have it, that's not exactly what it says. So the second one is people will forfeit the opportunity to be God's proof. 
Okay, so now we, let's go back to the scripture. It says, do not be conformed to this world, us, but be transformed by the renewing our mind. Okay, we start to renew our mind. We start to align with God. We think like he does. Okay, God, yes, thank you. I see that. All right. Praise God. We, we understand that. That we may prove the good and acceptable and perfect will. Those are very strong adjectives to put on the will of God. The good, acceptable, but not even just that, perfect. So what God is saying is, is that as you renew your mind and my mind gets more renewed, we become the proof. So God is showing us that you are the proof of what my good and acceptable and perfect will is. Your example of what you are doing, because you're going to be able to look back and say, oh, I was once there, but now I am here. Oh, what is that, God? Oh, that's when I'm walking in your will. Well, what's the proof? You changed. So God is saying, I want you to be the proof to others, not that I'm proving something to you. As God changes, renews, edifies, blesses, rebuilds us, then we become the proof. If I go around somebody that I knew 10 years from now, they wouldn't recognize me. They'd be asking me, well, what's wrong with you, Tim? Well, you don't know. I got an encounter with Jesus Christ. That's what happened. We should be walking proof right now. Everybody should better eat off of your life because God is doing so much for you. Because that's why God says it's the goodness of God that leadeth man to repentance. Why? Because when people see you, all they're going to see is God's goodness. Why? Because you are the proof that he's good. Oh, people should be wondering. People should be going home talking about you. Did you see how they were acting? Notice she didn't cuss. She didn't get upset. Even how, in spite of how I treat her, she prayed for me anyway. Oh, she forgave me even though it was my fault. You are the proof. Saints, that's what I want you to see. You are the proof. But when we don't allow God to renew our mind, we forfeit that opportunity. God is saying, I want to use you. That's how he's using us. We don't necessarily have to be in a pulpit or singing. As soon as we step out of our house, we are the proof. Everybody that interacts with you. So now this goes back to what Apostle always talks about. People should know before they even talk to you. Well, how do they know? Because the glory of God is on you. It's obvious. That's in Romans 1. The things of God are obvious even to those that don't believe. It didn't just say Christians. Everybody. It goes so far to say is, is that nobody has ever been born and that can look 
and see the stars and say there is no God. There is no way. God says, I've made it obvious. So when you walk into a place, guess what it is? Obvious. It is obvious that you know God. But to get more of that influence, more of that obvious, we have to renew our minds, saints. Meditate day and night. Psalm says it too. Meditate day and night. It, it's throughout the word of God. Meditate. Contemplate. What are we doing? As we start meditating, it becomes part of us. You ain't even got to think about it. it. No. Boom. That's what God would say. That's how it becomes second nature. Uh, because you are technically in the new nature. <laughs> because your old nature died. You have now a new nature. Which to you is the second nature, but it becomes your only nature. It's who you are. Don't forfeit the opportunity to be God's proof. All right, last one. I'll give you the last one. It's over in Colossians 3 and 2. It says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. I mean, it, it's pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. So the last one is, is that people will uh, perpetually think too low. When we think about the things that aren't of God, we are lowering where we could be at. And because, going back to the beginning, 95% of our thoughts are recurring. What we pretend to do is, is that we perpetually think too low. God says, I got more than that. God says, actually, he says more than that. He says, I want you to have it. But if we get in the mode of thinking too much about what's down here and not what's up there, then we perpetually, all we see is this, right? So as a bird rises, you, you can see a whole lot more when you're up here than when you're down here. Your sight becomes exponential. God says, I want you to see all of that. I want to show you all of that, but you got to change how you're thinking. It says we should think on the things that are pure, that are true, that are noble, that are just, that are lovely, that are of good report. That's a lot of good stuff. We have to think about those things. All right. When people don't think with a kingdom mindset, they by default align themselves with a natural earth instead of a supernatural kingdom. See, what happens is, is that we think too much about here. Well, all we have here is natural. God says there's a whole lot more to me. The kingdom is supernatural. I want you to have the supernatural in your life. So you have to have a kingdom mindset to have that. 
We are citizens of the kingdom. Right. Right? We're here on this earth, but we we don't. This is not our final destination. We're not citizens of the earth. We're citizens of the kingdom. God has called us to be ambassadors. What are ambassadors? They are citizens of another nation that is in a different location. That's all we are. We are spiritual ambassadors. We're in the kingdom. So if we're in the citizenship of the kingdom, we ought to think like the kingdom. There's no lack in the kingdom. There is no doubt in the kingdom. There's no sickness in the kingdom. There's no droughts in the kingdom. You don't have to search for God. There he is. He's everywhere. We, we have to align ourselves with the supernatural. And how do we start? By how we think. I don't know about you, but I want supernatural in my life. Because supernatural supersedes the natural. When the supernatural says yes, it doesn't matter what the natural says. The natural has to come into alignment. I have to align myself with the supernatural. So if you don't like the natural results you're getting, go to the super. Because the supernatural is going to supersede all of that. Uh, (laughs) We have to change how we think, saints. Change how we think. I got one more thing I want to share with you, and then I'm going to close. I saw something in passing, so I'm not going to take credit for this, but I, I took it. So we're going we're gonna to read it, right? <laughs> I don't know who said it or who came up with it, so that's why I ain't going to be no name. But I want, it just struck me so much. It says, watch your thoughts, for they become words. Watch your words, for they become actions. Watch your actions, for they become habits. Watch your habits, for they become character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. Saints, I I, I don't want to stand before the Lord, and he tells me that I didn't get everything he had for me and his ultimate will and destiny for my life because I wouldn't change how I was thinking. Because as I think wrong, all of these things cascade. And undoubtedly, they end up becoming my character, which is going to drive everything that I do. God says I have a better destiny for all of us. But we got to think right. We have to see with the mind of Christ. That's every area. Doesn't matter what it is. We have to bring the thoughts captive. Right? Over in 2 Corinthians, right? 10, right? We have to bring the thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So I'm not telling you that the things aren't going to come. They are going to come. We're human. But when they do, we, we, we got to vet them out. 
we had to think about the supernatural. We had to think and know that we're walking in the supernatural. Not just the natural things that we see. Amen? We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.